Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet. As always, I'm your host, Giles Smith. Now, a few weeks ago on the show, I was talking about the importance of making your impact super tangible so that customers can see exactly what impact their purchase will actually have. And at the time, I was waxing lyrical about what a great job Booty was doing using an app called Green Story. Well, today I'm joined by one of the co-founders of Green Story, Akil Shivanandan. We chat about how Green Story impact measurements are grounded in science. We talk about the importance of making impact understandable and relatable to the customer and how publishing impact measurements in this way can have a really positive effect on store conversion. Of course, we also talk about how you can follow in the footsteps of great brands like Booty and use Green Story to get this level of impact transparency working for your own brand. So with that, let's start the show. Akil Shivananda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Giles. Great to be here. I'm very excited that you've joined me today. Uh, I came across your app while I was analyzing Booty's marketing and noticed that they were telling their story in a very specific way, in a, in a, in a very precise way. And I went to go and check out how they were doing that. And of course, I came across your app. So I knew that I was I wanted to have you guys on the show and talk about that because I think you have an awful lot to offer, you know, the brands, the listeners of this podcast, as well as the brands that I work with. So before we get into the details of it, uh, Akil, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to build Green Story. Yes, uh, I'm one of the founders of uh, Green Story. It's two of us uh, who founded the company. Uh, way back in 2015. So what is Green Story? What's it about and, and what, what compelled you to come and do this? Well, great question, Giles. So basically, the foundation of Green Story was kind of rooted in a bit of frustration in general. So before I started Green, Green Story, I used to be in the sustainability consulting space. And there was so much work and information out there that I had put out and, and I had done, which was really never used. And this was echoed throughout the industry. If you look at how people are talking about the COP meetings, the different sustainability frameworks out there, GRI, P4, or even like broadly sustainable reporting, it's a lot of, uh, you know, to not coin a phrase, blah, blah, blah. And mm. nothing was, nothing was uh, done about it. So um, I kind of, wanted to see what can be done to make this stuff more actionable and more immediate uh, rather than looking at 30 year 50 year horizons because you know frankly we, we don't have that time so basically uh, we start uh, so I met my co-founder back in 2011 during my MBA in Canada and we started looking around at ways to uh, try and understand this problem a bit more in depth because it, it comes from a thesis that I don't think anybody's willingly trying to damage the environment as an end of itself nobody's out there saying let's let's pollute let's make the place more difficult let's make the world more difficult to live in so so there is something more there i'm sure for the most part all of us want want to leave the world better but we're not doing that and that's true i believe even of companies and definitely of you know everyday people like you and i uh so when when we looked at the problem we found that there was like a you know a, a massive issues that are kind of creating this perfect storm the first is like 
for us as people, uh, when we make decisions, like maybe it's like monkey instinct, maybe it's like programming from decades of consumerism, but like we tend to make decisions in a very particular way based on the information. Typically that's in front of us as well as some background subconscious information. And the information that's front of us is almost never sustainability focused mm. uh, or set up in a way that we can easily understand sustainability, right? It's it's like sometimes labels, which you have to Google. It's sometimes obscure information and claims like this is sustainable, this is green without any kind of backing. So you're kind of making decisions based on cues rather than real data. Uh, and the reason that's not there when we dug in deeper was uh, that brands really don't have this data. They're not able to process it. They're not able to find it. They're not able to present it uh, because supply chain data is incredibly hard. Like, you know, to, uh, most brands, uh, you know, whether it's in fashion or wherever, typically have details up to the tier two, which is two levels removed from them of the supplier. So let's say in, in the case of fashion, they'll know who, who the mill is. They might know who's given them the fabric for their uh, clothes, but that's about it. So getting this data and then understanding how do you kind of convert this into your carbon footprint, your water footprint, all of these things is really tough, right? Like there's, there's, there's no clear method as far as brands are concerned to actually get get the data there. So we saw these two big gaps in the market and we saw, okay, like how do we get this information? How do you make it easy for brands to get this information, make the calculations? And how do you make it uh, so that as a consumer, uh, you can understand this in one go? at least get it in some way, know that this information is accurate and credible when you make the purchase. In short, how do you present it in your customer journey? So that's that's what's the genesis of the uh, of the Green Story idea. And we, we started testing and experimenting over several years. And 2017, we finally launched um, the system as you see it now, or a version of it, where we have a backend system to make it easy for brands to calculate their footprint. And, and we're doing that uh, through assistance from uh, uh, our, res- our own analysts and other resources. And then we have a front-end uh, system that takes all of this information and presents it along the customer journey. You know, wherever you're shopping, wherever you're understanding about a product, you get to see real visual and credible sustainability information about the products you're looking at yeah and i and i think that last piece is the most i guess the most visible part right for consumers and for you know for people looking from the outside in it you know showing for example in in booty i'm looking at the booty one now you know it's just an item of clothing on booty and it and it specifically states that uh, it saved 0.8 kilometers of driving emissions it saved 133 hours of light bulb energy it's so it saved 88 liters of water and and a quarter of a meter squared of land farmed what's interesting about this to me is that what what it sounds like you're doing is you're taking the supply chain information that the brand has supplied and then presenting that in a consumable relatable format that puts it in blocks of understanding so you know um, driving emissions light bulb energy all that sort of stuff to, to something that's relevant uh, and understandable to consumer is is that how you would describe it as well absolutely Giles. so the, so the idea is to take this information which is calculated in a very complex scientific way we, we use a process called life cycle assessment which is you know very simply the calculation of material flows uh, and inputs and outputs across the entirety of the system all the way up to point of sale 
It doesn't yeah. always provide the full picture because you're not looking at end of life, for example, or usage because of the variance that happens, but it gives you a good enough picture to see like, you know, by the time you purchase this item, this is the embodied carbon in it. And it, by buying, say, like a bamboo item from Booty versus a conventional cotton item, which this is com comparable to, this is the savings that it has. And that's when yeah. you're saying this saves this much and all. What we're doing is we're uh, making sure that we're taking as closely as possible like-by-like -like comparison. We're saying for uh, items sold at this point in this area, like what does the supply chain look like yeah. and what what would a typical like t-shirt look like and how does it compare to what booty is doing yeah perfect so have you had much feedback from the brands that you've been working with around the impact that's had on their on their performance on their sales and their engagement from their customers from that you know from the front from the front end point of view yeah it's, uh, we've kind of had a very broad spectrum impact because i always say think our customers are more imaginative than we are and we get a lot of great ideas from them so brands initially we thought of it as like a simple user journey on the website but brands have used it in so many ways and we've actually built systems to support that where we've had brands use it in social media uh, so now we've created social media certificates for them where they can kind of present this information we also have a carbon offsetting solution on a per unit per product basis. So it's called Simply Zero, which does the same thing, but also neutralizes the carbon footprint by investing in offset projects at point of sale. So with that as well, we have like offset certificates on particular purchases and cumulative impacts and shopping cart impacts and all of those kinds of things, right? So we, we, what we uh, enable brands to do is use our systems to present this data across anywhere they're talking to their customers and more importantly present this data uh, focused in on the product because i think what a lot of companies are trying to do right now is brand themselves sustainable by through esg ratings and all these broad kind of uh, impact measurements but the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter to the consumer when they make the purchase as much it 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 really if it really affects them in the perception of the brand absolutely and that has like a, a knock-on effect but the real impact happens when you at that point of sale and it's really important to focus on product messaging this product saves this much this product is carbon neutral and here's the proof behind it so what we what we try to do is enable brands to show that at any point in the sales funnel and we've seen a huge lift in terms of conversion rates for the brands who have you know been part of case studies uh, with some brands who have done like a, a before and after for us like one year before one year after seeing an in initial spike of 200 percent in conversion which kind of tapers down to about 30 40 percent steady right like so we've kind of had this massive kind of jump. So it definitely has an effect. Having said that, it's, you know, we've, we've done that for about six brands where we've studied. So it's kind of cross table. We've, we've seen that same uh, graph come up with us a spike and then it holds steady at a higher conversion rate over time. But also more importantly, I think for the, uh, for larger brands and established brands where the spike won't be as, as much because you're already at three to 4% conversion rate. We've seen an increase in terms of usage in media mentions, PR, and basically creation of new funnels. So what mm. a lot of the brands have taught us is that this kind of messaging can be used to then uh, target a different subset of users as well and kind of figure out, okay, do you want to talk about water or carbon to these guys more? Who reacts to that? And then create new ad campaigns, new, even new yeah. materials, new, new kind of products for them, which has actually increased their revenue 
by by kind of creating a whole new set of customers who who otherwise they wouldn't be able to reach out to yeah it's really interesting and it's what what do you put down that big spike you you, you talked about what, what do you put that down to as opposed to just a, a gradual increase for example i think like it's because most brands when who work with us we kind of launched this as like a new thing for them right like right. it's a new initiative so there is a campaign associated with it because sure you can just fire and forget and then you do see like more of that jump and, yeah. and keeping it steady while for a lot of brands they're like hey we've just done this life cycle assessment green story you can see this impact on our sites or hey we just launched become carbon neutral with green story you know every purchase you make you'll get a, a certificate which shows this uh, the projects that we have invested in so that definitely has a nice kind of ring to it yeah and yeah. uh uh, customers typically react quite well to it and then over time it gets more normalized right over yeah. the course of one or two months I, I love the notion of this because i think you know what a lot of people perhaps haven't quite understood is that the market for sustainability that is the the demand for consumers has gone past the early adopter stage it's gone past the point where it's just eco warriors only that care about this stuff and it's now very much in the mainstream and and that means that we need to tell our messaging a little bit differently to, to perhaps we we used to um you know everybody is clambering on to the sustainability journey everybody is one is saying that they're doing things more sustainably from a brand point of view and that's makes it harder and harder for those same consumers who are a broader set perhaps not as well educated about sustainability to actually make decisions about what they're purchasing and what you've described there is you know lots of brands out there are doing the big high level stuff the esg stuff the value signaling the you know let's be honest sometimes complete greenwashing but what you've done is to put is to give us a, a sort of metricized uh, image of at the very product level, which makes it incredibly compelling as well as legitimate, but incredibly compelling from a consumer point of view to go, okay, I trust these guys. I understand exactly what my impact of buying this particular item is, and I think that's fantastic. And and I, I'm presuming that that was one of your key goals, right? Absolutely, it was to basically tear off the label, right? Like you know, at, at the end of the day no one can go and measure the impact of an individual product. You're still doing a statistical analysis, right? Uh, and what we try to do is make it really simple and easy to understand in the in the beginning. And if you want to dive in deeper, you can click on the image and it gives you more details on that. If you want to dive in even deeper, you can, you can click on the report. It gives you more details. If you want to dive even deeper, you can click on the methodology. Wow. So we have like a a, a rabbit hole that you can walk down and actually get as much credibility as you, as you need, right? Yeah. We do the same thing for the whole carbon offsetting thing. Instead of just allowing a company to claim, hey, we're carbon neutral or this product is carbon neutral, each and every individual product that's offset is individually tracked. And you kind of see like this product's uh, carbon certificate is here. The offset certificate is here. Here's the transaction that ID you can go search for it on a registry. You can zoom in on the satellite imagery of the project. All of those kinds of things are there, right? So, so the idea is to ensure that, okay, on the first high level, yes, this gives like a nice headline, but there is a, a massive news article behind that to actually bolster the credibility. And, and that's really important. Like, you know, only about one or 2% of people actually bother to dive in, hmm. but those are the change makers. They're, they're the ones who actually will say, okay, this is legitimate enough. And that's what their friends will then rely on 
to go and, and, and make the purchases. So you're actually giving in a whole armory of tools and a depth of transparency to brands that you work with that would be very hard to do on their own. And that, that I, key, I guess, is one of the key values. So I guess, you know, for, for smaller brands, it might sound a bit daunting. How does it all work? How, how does a brand actually get set up with Green Story? What's the process? So when a brand comes in, we initially look at all the different uh, products that they have and start looking at the supply chains associated with it. So a brand has to work with us to work with their suppliers as well within our system to understand, okay, these are all the different products that we have. These are the supply suppliers associated with each of those products. These are the fibers. And there is basically a supplier data list that's, that's filled out. Um, and you kind of start mapping out your supply chain. So that's that's kind of step one. What typically happens is, as I said, brands don't have that full visibility. So there is a, a guided approach that we have at Green Story where we're able to help them fill the gaps. We also have a ton of secondary data and estimations that we can plug in, which uh, provide this fill in the gaps to a high level of accuracy because we sourced it from third-party verified sources, uh, academic studies, and we also have direct connections to factories, to suppliers all over the world. Like till date, we've studied over 3,000 different supply chains. So we can say, okay, this this supplier from tier two probably gets this, uh, gets their fibers from here because we've studied this data set before. We've, we've done this analysis before. So we can plug in our own proprietary and primary data and, and build out the supply chains for the brands itself. Yeah. And that kind of helps uh, build more and more data. And then after this is done, our team takes all of this information and we model it out. We are building a more self-serve system where companies can do it on their own as well with uh, reviews and checks by us, which allows them to completely uh, model out uh, their own supply chains. And then after that, all you got to do is uh, take the APIs, uh, which are generated e- for each different products, plug, plug it into your uh, Shopify or wherever you want it, and the numbers pop up. Perfect. So is it an app through the Shopify store, for example, or is it a special, do you have to have some special coding to to integrate the API? Uh, it's, it's basically a, a simple line of code that you can plug in. And, okay. and has all of this information. We do have apps, uh, widgets and cartridges, depending on which system you use. So uh, for example, with uh, with cloud commerce, uh, we we have like a specific cartridge for that. Uh, for sales, uh, for Shopify, we do have like a, a private app that they can mm-hmm. use, yep. but it really depends on how our clients use it. For a lot of them, especially in fashion, you can imagine they really hyper-customize their sites. So yeah. a simple app, a simple API doesn't work. So so we yeah. kind of make sure that we work with them so that the look and feel look like it's part of their brand. It doesn't look like something alien. It doesn't look like an external app that's been built in. The idea of having a smooth and strong customer experience that doesn't take away from the brand is very important. Yeah. So we make sure that the brands can present that to their customers as their numbers, not just green story numbers on a, on a different app. It has to yeah. be smooth, has to be part of the customer journey. So let's look broadly at, more, at sustainable brands. Obviously, you've mentioned fashion, you've mentioned you know fiber analysis and materials and that sort of stuff there. So I mean, I, and I can see it used on on a few different fashion sites. What if I'm making phone cases out of uh, bamboo instead of out of plastic? Um, can can I still use the uh, Can I still use the Green Story app? We we do focus on uh, fashion for the most part, but uh, we do have other clients like gummies cases 
luggage and all of that but it's it's kind of like uh more of an exception rather than the rule and and and, and the reason why is typically what we found is fashion supply chains are better studied and there's more data and we are very open and honest with our clients like if somebody comes in and there's something truly unusual uh we typically do a custom assessment for them and for a lot of them uh, they might not have the time and resources to do that kind of a custom assessment where you're literally doing boots on the ground talking to the factory people and understanding the materials and processes yeah. it takes a lot of yeah. time uh we do have some committed clients like that who've done an amazing job and big shout out for example to Parallel which is a luggage manufacturer uh out, out of uh, the US and Canada and and they actually went into the factories and found all this data for us and we work with them hand in hand to do that but uh outside of the fashion space and and maybe uh, in some instances the food space it's it's really hard to get this this type of data unless the brand is very committed and so uh, life cycle assessments are you know as you've partly described notoriously lengthy notoriously expensive how much what does it look like to to get this done uh, through green story what what sort of what are we talking about so we've kind of taken that on its head because i do i did want to make uh, a life cycle assessments more accessible so typically for brands they're paying anywhere from it, it's built as a saas system so anywhere from 400 to 2000 per month uh which gives them access to various life cycle systems uh for a lot of brands we we might charge up front for uh, lca depending on how they want to do this which again varies quite a bit but if you have standard materials and uh, there is not and you're looking at more screening level life cycle assessment where we use a lot of our own data and there's no need for too many boots on the ground uh then the cost is about a thousand to three thousand dollars so it's it's not a significant investment especially considering that a custom lca with consulting firm even for standard fibers starts at about 20 to 30000 right like minimum cost like ages of your time as well so we we yeah. try to make it as accessible as possible because the dream is for brands to do that i mean having said that we do work with some enterprise clients where uh, things are a lot more customized and and uh, focus in on uh, getting that primary data working with their suppliers and those projects can r- run into hundreds of thousands if not millions but that that really is is not what the typical brand is is like and so what's the timeline for it like how long would it typically take from sort of you know hello to to having having something a nice picture a nice a nice image up on the, on the store where consumers can actually see what's going on honestly it varies depending on the brand and and the suppliers we've had we've turned it around two days for some brands where wow, they okay. where the suppliers has been like super willing the data has been easy to come up with and the calculations for us are quite straightforward and instantaneous no matter what well uh but some some folks especially some larger brands has taken like months and months because mm. uh, you're looking at you know 3 400 supply chains you're looking at uh, lots of complexity in terms of new materials uh, so sometimes the multi year projects like that for medium sized brands i would say typically say the 5 to 20 million kind of uh, brand range because they tend to have about 30 to 50 different supply chains uh, the timeline is is more extensive it it takes roughly about a month to two months to get them set up if the supplier is responsive enough sometimes what i've found is like for when we do the first set of life cycle assessments with brands it takes a while to get the suppliers ready and to let them know hey this is the data we need so we typically coach them through that so the, in the first instance when we do it it does take maybe a little bit more time but the next time we do it 
they have the data ready and it takes a few days instead of a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. Like if someone had 10, 15, 20 different, different products, is it all parallel tracked at the same time or do you have to do the LCAs on each product independently? We typically parallel track it by focusing on supply chain. So we ensure that because uh, typically a lot of products share suppliers, share supply chains, uh, especially for the same brand. So by, by doing that, we are able to actually cover multiple products at the same time. Uh, and if it's, if it is a larger brand and they have like much more than that, if they have like two, 300 products and 50 supply chains, we typically have multiple folks working with them to ensure that this is done correctly. In terms of the the visuals that a brand can get out of this, are they kind of the same in every case or can they be configured to tell slightly different stories? So for example, if I wanted to look at, at the emissions saved, instead of saying, you know, driving emissions, can is there some other metric that I could put in there, some other visual that I could use? Is that configurable or is that kind of is that kind of the set things that you have in, in the app that people can use? No, you can use anything as long as you call out what that is, which is right. like for driving emissions, typically, you know, you can actually look in and see what that's based off uh, and what that means. Uh, so all of these numbers are abstractions of a scientific number, right? When yeah. you're talking about days of drinking water saved, driving emissions, others, other such things, they, they equate to like for emissions, they equate to kilograms of carbon dioxide equivalent, which is a scientific notation of it and we're taking something fun so in this case of of driving emissions we're taking the epa conversion of what one mile of driving emissions is typically for different countries and we're saying okay this is what what that impact looks like right so uh, we've had companies do all sorts of weird and funky stuff like there was a i think thread up which was uh, a resale customer out of the us uh, and uh, they were showing at one point uh statue of liberty or blue whales or something in terms of waste avoided right. so as as long as you're calling out what that conversion is and pointing back to the scientific number you can be as creative as you want with it very very cool i i love the fact that you can configure that to be aligned with the brand story itself you know because obviously everyone has different takes on what they're doing and you know different missions i suppose and if you could put the 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 imagery aligned with the brand story it's going to be so much more powerful especially when you can align that all that up with the science as, you, as you've just shown. So I think that's that's really exciting. So Akil, where can people go to get started with you guys? Well, you can just sign up for a demo on our uh, on our website. It's uh, greenstory.ca uh, or uh, green-story.com if you prefer that. Uh, and it's pretty, everything is pretty straightforward. Once you sign up for a demo, you'll immediately be contacted by one of our wonderful sales folks, and uh, they will walk you through, answer all the questions in much greater detail than I've just talked about. And uh, after that, it's it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, we, we set up the LCA and supply chain requests, guide you through every step of the way, and make sure you have a really white glove experience in terms of uh, onboarding, no matter what size you are. Perfect. Well, Kiel, it's been wonderful chatting uh, with you today. Thanks so much for spending some time with us on Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Giles, for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on the stock with you. Back to Giles again for my top three takeouts from today. So first of all, Green Story is not just smoke and mirrors. In fact, there's a significant science behind the simple and relatable numbers presented by brands using this service. And that's great news, especially since the lifecycle assessment process they use is significantly more cost effective than it would usually be. 
Secondly, if your brand has some traction already, the ongoing costs of using this service will easily be covered by the improvement in your store and site conversion rate. But perhaps most of all, I love the way the Green Story team allow you to brand and configure your impact metrics in a way that aligns with your overall story. Now that might seem trivial, but actually having measurements that are incongruent or seemingly irrelevant to what your brand does can easily introduce confusion rather than simplification in terms of potential buyers. So I hope that you enjoyed today's chat with Akil. I'll be back with you again next week with another inspiring founder interview from the world of sustainable e-commerce. So until then, keep building your brand for a healthier planet.